We're back with another episode of Boss Bible Study. Today we're talking about servitude, and I'm excited about the text. We'll be in the book of Mark, so get your Bibles ready. And Brandon, you want to put something in a word of prayer? Yes, sir. Let's go. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you so much for uh, allowing us to seek your glory, not our glory, Lord, um, to chase after you, to run after you. There's so many other things we could be doing right now, um, but I thank you, God, that you would guide us, lead us by the Holy Spirit uh, who guides and leads us into all truth um, to show us the way, show us through your word, uh, give us fresh revelation today so that we might um, stand fast in our faith and increase and grow in what you have given us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and give thanks to you, Father. Amen. 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 All right. Um, so, uh, real quick, pardon me, brothers. Uh, how you guys doing? Glad to be back with uh, with my brothers once again. Uh, before I actually um, read today's scripture, which is going to be from Mark 10, uh, verses 40, uh, 42 to 44. Um, as we look at servitude, right, and what it means to be a servant, um, as we know, that's that that endless work, right, that oftentimes and a lot of times there's no reward for that, right? No one gives us a pat on the back for um, being a good servant. Um, so before we actually jumped into the day, um, I, I just, you know, really quickly, um, I just wanted to um, shed some light and just... Um, just really just say, um, you know, one, um, on behalf of Boss Bible Study, um, Daryl, uh, Kyle, and Brandon, um, I definitely just wanted to shout out Brother uh, Austin Medley, who was ordained over the, the weekend, last weekend, um, and is now a minister. So we definitely wanted to, you know, uh, shout you out, brother. You know what I'm saying? Continue to serve selflessly, as you always do, man. Um, as we know, there are no 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 high fives, but I'm going to give you um, one real quick, man. So, again, um, continue doing God's work, brother. Uh, we love you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and yeah, keep 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 on uh, serving, brother. Keep on serving. Minister Austin Medley. All right. So that's the last time I, that's the last time I do that. <laughs> um, we're going to I'm going to be reading from um, Mark, chapter 10, uh, verse 42 and 45. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it reads as this. But Jesus called, called them to himself and said to them, you know, that, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them and their, great, and their great ones exercised authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Amen. Um, and, um, and so I, I, I kind of just want to give a quick summary of um, some verses that lead up to um, verses 42 and 45. And so um, Jesus actually, um, you know, predicts his, you know, predicts, telling the disciples about his uh, and predicting his death. He explains it. Um, and after he's done explaining, um, James and John, um, you know, ask, ask Jesus a question. They say, hey, Jesus, you know, can you and, I, and I'm summarizing. They say, um, you know, when you inherit your kingdom, um, can we act? Can we ask a favor of you? And, you know, Jesus asks, what is that? And they say, you know, can, can we be on the right hand and the left hand um, of the of the throne? And, uh, and, and Jesus tells them. You do not know what you ask for. 
Um, you do not know what you're asking for. And uh, it's funny because that actually made me think right there. Um, how many of us, right? That's <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later. Um, and so, you know, uh, that just kind of got me thinking. And so as we go into verse um, 42, and again, it says, but Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. And so, um, brothers, I guess my my first question to you is, you know, when we look at, when we look at the world and we look at what the the world defines as being great being a boss right you know again we talked about this before you know the world says that again if i have servants if people work for me um if i have a big company and i have 100,000 employees and everyone calls me boss then i am the greatest right but you know in 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 verse 42 it talks about how the gentiles right um the rulers over the gentiles lorded over them and they and they and they exercise and they pretty much exercise their authority over them, right? And so, I guess my question to you, uh, brother Austin and uh, and brother Branding, right, is okay. What does that necessarily like? How can we take that text and look at that right now, right? And can you kind of can you kind of explain to us what what Jesus is telling the disciples? Go ahead, Austin. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I mean, I'm looking at the text, bro, and verse 42 begins saying that, but Jesus called them to himself. So we got to recognize that Jesus is calling us toward him. So where we currently sit before we're in Christ is apart from him. How we do things, how we operate. Well, now we always talk about this, our motives, our aspirations. Those things are alienated from him. So when he's calling us to himself, when I'm reading the text, there's something that's going to change when that happens. And for those who don't know what a Gentile is, a Gentile is anybody that's outside of the chosen people of God, the ancient Hebrews, the Israelites. So that's all of us on this line right now. And basically, Gentiles are those of the world. So when the text says, you know, those who are considered rules over the Gentiles lorded over them, we talk about being a boss. And this is pretty much just categorizing how the world operates. This is how the world views leadership. This is how the world views being a boss and what that looks like. People have aspirations to get these titles, not to serve others, but the Lord over them. I experienced having, having a boss in the professional world that worked so hard to get a promotion and didn't care what she did in order to get there. And when she got to that position, she wanted to lord it over us, mm. right? That's totally different than God calling you to himself and then placing you in a position of authority that you may serve others. So as far as your question, what does that mean to me? It's really just changing my intentions on why I wanna be a leader. God has called me to himself that I may serve others. Mm -hmm. And if he's gonna bless me with a position where I'm able to serve others, that's a blessing. Uh, no. Amen. 
Yeah, I look at how, how Jesus sums up this whole teaching. And Jesus often does this if you're paying attention. He will give a specific uh, mandate and a command of sorts or a an exhortation, an encouragement, meaning it's not necessarily a command, but it's like if you're wise, you're going to do it. And he will often give it, and then he will tell you why is based on who he is, right? It ends the ver- it ends this passage with verse 45 saying, you know, after you, this is the way you're going to serve. Let the greatest among you be the least. Um, let the first be last. Let the first be slave of all. He says, verse 45, four, for even the son of man. Anytime you see a four, not anytime, most times when you see a four, it's, it's expressing a because. Uh, this is the reason why. This is the reason why I'm telling you this. And and so uh, oftentimes it's some of the smallest words in the scripture that show you some of the biggest impact of what's actually happening, of what that, uh, what is being said, what it's based on. For instance, um, Paul in in many of the psalmists, and actually it's throughout the scriptures where it it gives this uh, downward trajectory of man's path. And then it says, but God. But God, just that small phrase, but um, is the is the uh, transition into there is hope or, or, or there is something else. And so in this case, verse 45, it says for this is the reason why we're called uh, we're called to do this. We're called to operate in a way that is actually in opposition to the way the world operates for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, the Son of Man is a reference to himself. If you if you do your own study, um, not we won't really break it down too much now. But uh, in Daniel chapter seven, it's a reference to the Messiah. It's a reference to one who is going to be given the lordship, the kingdom, um, by the ancient of days, uh, who would be considered uh, the Father, who Jesus would, uh, often called his Father. And um, to whom all nations would bow down and worship. And we could go on about that. It's, it's a beautiful scripture passage. But um, either way, Jesus is claiming messianic authority through this title. And he's saying for even, and you, you would think of that. Wait a second. He's claiming authority. He's, he's claiming he is the head honcho. He's claiming he's the CEO who runs the ship. You know, Peter called him the author of life, right? Could you imagine you're the author and, 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 and you're the director of the show? And yet you're saying, yet I am actually choosing to serve rather than to be served. I could write, write the script in a whole different way and, and, and make it look like the way uh, people in their hearts desire and their ego and their passions. You want people to serve you. You want people to exalt you. You want people to honor you. You want people to thank you. He's like, no, what I want to do is serve you. Uh, I referenced this another time um, at at another study, which was there's no other religion on the face of this planet where a God is willing to serve you. (laughs) There's none. You won't find it. You won't find it. Every other religion is um, uh, some, some, if it's, if it does have a God or God's plural, it's seeking something from you rather than trying to give something to you. There might be things you gain through rewards in that religion, uh, but never in the sense of a free, undeserved, unmerited, unearned gift, not based on your works. That is the whole gospel. You receive salvation in Jesus Christ because of nothing you've done. Nothing beyond acknowledging what God has done and trusting faithfully that he 
has done what he said he would do, which was save you, which was deliver you and call you and make you his own. Uh, so scripture verses like these, I love them because when you sit in them, you just sit in them. You got to sit in verses like these and let them weigh you down. Sit with the weight of these uh, verses. Um, some theologians would call it the gravitas. The gravitas is where we get the word gr uh, gravity from. I think it's from the Latin. And it's a, it, really a reference to uh, God's glory, which in the Hebrew um, is the weightiness of God. When God speaks, there is weight to his word. Come on. When God speaks, his word carries impact. It says that the people were um, in fear of Jesus in the sense of, of respect and an honor of Jesus because they said he doesn't speak like the teachers around here. He, we never heard a man speak like this. He carries authority when he speaks. His words have impact. His words have transformational power. You see, and so verse 45, for even the son of man, all this authority he has, he says, even I came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We can't go anywhere without breaking that down to give his life as a ransom for many. Like that's right to the cross. That's what he's talking about. That's actually why the disciples were in arguments about uh, who is the greatest among them, because they had just um, spoken about the cross, or excuse me, Jesus had just spoken about his, his death and his resurrection. And in the midst of this heated, um, heated talk where, you know, you can imagine the person you're following, you gave your whole life to is saying he's going to die. They argued with him. They didn't want him to die. But at the same time, they, they knew he was talking about something different when he said he's going to rise again. And that's when they start arguing. If you pay attention, that's when they start arguing about like, who's the greatest. Cause they've talked, they're thinking about what's coming next, you know? So there was a little bit of faith, even though it, some way, in some ways dwindled once the uh, death actually occurred. None of them were there, if you recall. So in the midst of this, um, this glory seeking, Jesus is like, you, you got to reverse the whole, your whole theology. <laughs> You've got to reverse your whole mentality. You see, the world's mentality is, 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 is a pyramid, right? You climb, 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 get to the top, and you're on top of everyone. Everyone on the bottom is feeding you, serving you. Uh, you know, financially, you're the one on the one on the top makes the most money. Um, the one on the top makes the most decisions. Uh, the one on the top often is doing some of the, the least amount of work. Uh, oftentimes it's because they did do a lot of work to get to that position. But oftentimes, how often is it people, all these CEOs of different companies, all these people who have great positions, uh, they're not even necessarily doing anything. They're just holding, holding weight up there. Uh, <laughs> and um, not always, though. Let me be, let, let's be clear, not always. But anyway, the, the kingdom model is an upside down pyramid, right? You, when you excel in, in Christ, when you go forward in uh, 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 walking with God and in, in the will of God, you're actually going to carry more weight for people. You're actually going to serve in a different capacity. Um, so that's what one key that even gives me a clue of what any church I walk into or any uh, so-called Christian I come across is the, the type of weight that they carry. You know, if they're, if they're exalted among people, I get sketchy. I get sketchy. I, I immediately begin to, it's not that people can't honor people who are uh, men of God, women of God, and, and, and um, you know, give them thanks, reverence, respect uh, for the work that they're doing. But if you're a true minister, you know that the work is difficult. And most of the times people aren't commending you and patting you on the back. Look at Paul's life. 
He was going through thick and thin, hungry nights, uh, was killed multiple, or almost uh, attempted to be killed multiple times and, and things, all types of persecution. And the point is, um, he didn't have that much respect at times. And, um, and it's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say if you're, if you're going to be great in the Lord, you'll never have respect. What I'm saying is you have to be prepared for that, to not receive the respect, to be prepared to carry more weight. And um, to see that, like, you got a question, am I, am I falling into a trap that the world has set up? Am I falling into the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of this world? Right? If my ministry, or maybe it's not, you know, ministry in a technical sense, but, you know, your position in your job, your position in whatever you're in, your school, whatever, where you're on the top and everyone's looking at you and, and, and you're exalted, and yet it's not for the right reasons. We need to we need to evaluate what are those reasons why you're exalted. Um, so so yeah, it, I mean Jesus gave his life as a ransom. Are you giving your life as a ransom? That's the way to get to the top, right? Uh, to to lay as John uh, the disciple in First John in chapter three says, we're called to lay our lives down for the church. We don't see many people doing that today. We see people, many people trying to walk on the church, walk on the people of the church. Um, especially financially. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot there, Daryl. Um, thank you for asking that question. Amen. Amen. And, um, and, and real quick. So the word selfless, um, as I was just sitting here, um, just came to my head. And so I just did a quick, um, definition. Um, and so definition of selfless concern more with the needs and wishes of others than with, than with one's own self, unselfish, right? And so as we look at being a servant, it's selfless, right? There's there's no one that, like, we don't need someone to clap for us. We don't need someone to say, Austin, I see you, man of God. Brandon, I see you. I saw what you did, man of God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when, you know, when, we're, when we look at being a servant, it's selfless work, right? And again, I think a lot of times, you know, there's someone, there's someone who's watching this right now and they're saying, well, Brandon, Austin, I don't have a ministry, right? I don't have um, a bunch of people I can, I can serve, right? And so I think sometimes we, we miss opportunities, right? Because we're sometimes thinking way too big, right? You know what I mean? There may be someone that you walk by every day that you can serve, right? And we're not even and we don't even realize that. Right. So what I, you know, what I encourage someone who is listening right now, right. Um, you know, kind of, you know, when we look at, you know, serving, right. It could, it, it, it may be, it may be a very, very small scale or it could be a big scale. Right. But at the end of the day, it's this selfless work. It's, you know, it's, it's us doing things for other people um, and, and not looking for anything back. And so just a quick story, as I was, um, I was driving, um, you know, driving home today, um, getting ready for Bible study. Out of nowhere, um, I get a message on on Facebook um, about someone who, who who just needed they needed some prayer, right? And so, um, of course, I, I mean, I was driving, right? But what I did was, and, I, and again, I'm not I'm not saying this story um, to get a to get a round of applause. I'm I'm just I'm just giving a real life example. Um, so I just pulled over, right? Although I was going to be late to where I needed to be, right? Again, you know, when we, when, when we look at serving, right? Sometimes it's not on our time, right? We got to just do what we got to do, right? So I pull over, I give this person a call, and we get into prayer, 
right? You know, it's, it's funny. I look on Instagram and Facebook a lot of the times and people, you know, people are doing good things for people, but they're recording themselves or they're, you know what I'm saying? They're doing things to be seen, right? We need to be careful that we are not, we're not being those people, right? That we, that we're seeking attention for the good things and for serving people, right? So I, you know, I just say that to say, we have to, we have to, we have to be mindful of that because it, look at the world, right? The world tells us again, if, if, if no one, if ain't nobody seeing you do good or if no one's seeing you serve, then you're not really serving. Right. But again, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You know what I'm saying? And so again, I encourage whoever is, whoever may be listening or watching, right. When it comes to serving, right. It's selfless. You know what I mean? There's no, you, you're not going to, don't, don't look for people to, to give you a kudos or, you know what I'm saying? Again, in, in verse 43, it says, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And so my, my next question, um, you know, Brandon Austin, right? So, and again, I'm a very practical person. Um, so I, I believe that there could be someone who, um, who may be listening to this right now. And, you know, maybe they have a, a good job or they're, 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 you know, they, they manage a bunch of people or, you know, maybe it's a, a teacher who, you know, teaches a bunch of kids, you know what I'm saying? And they're responsible for people's education. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when, when we look at verse 43, right, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And so can you guys elaborate a little bit of what that right there, what that means? Yeah, I love that. Um, I love where you're going with this. Listen, uh, what you're talking about is is also a matter like selflessness is one thing. It's also we could say it another way. It's a matter. Christian faith is a matter of integrity. Walking with God is a matter of integrity. Integrity is one way someone's described is is what you do when no one's looking. And the reality, like Daryl's talking about, is that. I'm going to lay it out plain to you guys because most people aren't doing it. That's the truth. Most people aren't preaching the gospel. That's the truth. Why? Because the gospel doesn't sell. <laughs> Jesus said, count the cost. He said, Jesus, you know, in some ways, Jesus' form of evangelism was to push people away because he just, he just overloaded them with the truth and said, this is what the cost is going to be. Can you actually carry the weight? Because salvation is a gift unearned, but sanctification and walking into the transformation of the gospel and walking in the power and authority and weight of the gospel, it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. The more power, the more authority you seek to walk in, the more it's going to cost your life, your entire life, meaning your own desires, your own ego, your own time, as you might call it. Jesus is, you know, he's representing the father who, what does the scriptures talk about God is? God is a jealous God. He's jealous for us. He wants us and us alone, right? That's why the first command, you shall have no other God beside me or before me. Most people are comfortable with not having a God before Jesus. But mm, when it comes to beside Jesus, well, we got a whole lot of other things. We've got a whole lot of other things. It comes back to if your eye is single, your whole body will be filled with light. If your eye is whole, your whole body will be filled with light, Jesus said. Uh, it's referencing what is your focus on? What is, what is your um, desires and intention really on? If, if your intention and desire is 
wholly fixed on one thing, you'll actually gain success in that thing. And that's actually a, a spiritual principle that works for people who don't even have faith. Think about this. There's people who focus solely on their physique and they are so successful in it. You look at them and they are uh, fit like nobody's business. They, you know, they've got so much success in that realm. You look at certain business people, uh, you look at certain uh, uh, entrepreneurs, certain inventors, you could go, the list goes on, sports people, right? Where their eye was single on that one thing. But let me, I guarantee you this, you will not be filled with light. Your, your, your whole being will not be uh, fixed in health if your eyes are not single on Christ, right? If your eyes are not single on Christ, that doesn't mean you can't do anything else. It means you are doing all that you do to the glory of God. So, so if God's called me to study for uh, this exam, for, for this certain, uh, 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 you know, uh, business or job or, or whatever you might call it, then I'm going to do it. But we we're a lot, most people aren't listening to God because a lot of times God's not calling us to certain things. We're just doing our own thing. So uh, let me say it another way, Daryl. Um, I think the devil is baiting most Christians, most not Christians, just people. The devil's baiting people with, with success, with fame, with power, positions, wealth, all types of glory. Think about the temptation Jesus was given. After he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world in their glory and said, all these have been given over to me. And I give them to whom I will. If you bow down and worship me, I will give them to you. People, you know, I hate this because it's it's a lopsided uh, exposition of the word. When people say, well, God is God over the earth, like uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the scripture says. So the devil doesn't actually have possession of these things. What are you kidding me? That's a, that's a faulty translation of the scriptures. You need to look at a bunch of other verses that actually show the devil does have authority and given power by God to possess many things in this world. The Look, at uh, Paul said the, the, the God of this world is Satan. The God, you look at that, you're like, huh? Huh? <laughs> My pastor ain't say that. <laughs> We're not ready to deal with that. That's why. Because we're not ready for spiritual warfare. Most of us, I'm being honest. I'm, 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 I want to show you that you cannot, I, I want to lay it down to you so you can see I cannot follow you, Jesus, unless your Holy Spirit guides me. I can't do this on my own work. Because Christianity is not for, for people to be, come from bad people to good people. It's G Jesus came not to make bad people good people. Jesus came to make dead people alive. You are literally dead without a relationship with God. You're literally spiritually dead. We don't, we don't understand what that means until we've come to life and, and, and can see what the, uh, what the blind man said when he, when he was given sight. And he said, I was blind, but now I see. Now I see. I know what it means to see. I never knew what it meant because I was blind. I was blind my whole life. Most people are walking blind their whole life. And they, they're talking about, oh, you know, they think they have position with God. Oftentimes we deceive ourselves. So what I'm getting at is, just because you have success, fame, all these other things, God puts people in positions like that at times. But it is that is that is not what's typical. Most people are looking for that to be typical. And that's the problem. Most people aren't willing to deal with what Daryl's talking about, where he said, uh, uh, talking about most of the things you do in the Lord, you're never going to get a pat on the back for if you're really doing it for God. And in fact, 
people will persecute you for it. That is the, that, that is part of the, the call of transformation in the gospel. Why? Because you're fighting a battle that's against darkness. That is against the children of wrath, the scripture calls them, who, who like us, when we were not saved, we were people who were self-serving, self-serving in one capacity or another. So, so let me say, let me close it like this, and I'm going to pass it off to Austin because I know he got, he got, he got the fire. <laughs> he got the fire ready. Look, the truth is God rarely gives people these, the, 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 these types of glory that you're looking for. Why? Because most people will ruin themselves. Most people will crush themselves with it. And the, the, the devil is baiting people, just keeps pulling the line further and further, like the, the carrot before the horse that you never can get. Most, so the devil will put certain people in the positions who worshiped him. Other people are worshiping those people or, or the devil himself in the sense of, of not literally, but like you're worshiping your ideal version of success that has nothing to do with God or that has God on the sidelines and you're the head honcho and the CEO of your own business. That's a problem. That's not kingdom minded. So you need to be transformed so that you're not chasing after a river that runs dry. And so a select few, here's what happens. The devil gives it to them and it's a fleeting glory. And we see it and we covet it and we idolize those people or those things they have wealth, fame, positions, power. We idolize it. We envy it. We covet it. The Bible says covetousness is idolatry. And, and, and spiritually, it's adultery. It's, it's, it's uh, adultery because we're called to be married to God. So it's adultery when you're cheating on God with idols. And an idol is something you're coveting, chasing after in your heart. And so we chase to have what we can never keep. So I'll end it with this. Look, a missionary named Jim Elliott, he, he gave his whole life for the gospel, along with four other missionaries, went down to a cannibalistic tribe. And they ended up um, preaching the gospel to this tribe. And in the midst of this uh, uh, preaching, it was in the 1950s, I believe. Um, uh, I'm not going to break down the whole story, but what essentially happened was all five of them were killed by these cannibals. Um, and yet Jim Elliott was recorded as saying, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose, right? Are you seeking after what you can't lose? Most of us are well head over heels, uh, uh, fine with seeking after what we're going to lose, what you can't take with you after the grave. We're all fine with that. Why is that, right? Jim Elliott is, is in glory right now with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, because he sacrificed his life. And, and uh, uh, let me tell you, the, the end of that story was that his wife went out, his wife or the other, one of the wives of the other missionaries went out to that tribe, ended up sharing the gospel with them, and they received it through her, saw her forgiveness. They, you know, some of them uh, who did the killing re recalled it years later, and the mercy of God, the Holy Spirit was upon their hearts and wrecked them wrecked them, crying, weeping in repentance for what they did, realizing what they did, right? So this is the work of the gospel. It's, it's not necessarily easy work. I'm just going to read the text. Verse 43. It says, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. 
And Daryl, as you said that you received that phone call today, you're driving your car and you pulled over. It just made me think about how I'm just not great about getting my car maintenance. I'm not handy. You know what I mean? I don't get my old check regularly. I don't get tires changed or they need to get changed. But to think about that, when I do need to get my car serviced, I know where to go. And it's because I found myself in need of getting my car serviced before and I got my car properly serviced. I know when that time comes again, I know exactly where I need to go. So that woman or man, whoever called you, who was in need of prayer, I guarantee you that you served them in some capacity before. So when times get tough, there may have been something like you might have just said, I'm praying for you. You might have just said, God bless you. You might have just tell them who you are and the God that you serve and how he's changed your life, sharing your testimony. That is serving. And when that person found themselves in time of need, I'm calling Daryl because he's a servant. And I need someone that's going to help me right now. I need to be served right now. I need someone that serves a God that's in the service business. And I need everyone to understand that if you're a minister, you're a servant. How are you serving others today? If you're not feeling good, if you're feeling bad, and you want to feel great, I suggest you try serving somebody. When was the last time y'all served somebody? How did that make you feel? I remember just being here, sitting in the pandemic and being able to volunteer with our youth at the church. And then afterward, just experience a breath of fresh air. It's in the serving where you feel great. If you want to become great, serve others. It's in the serving that you're building reputation. It's in the serving that they're seeing God working through you. It says that God is glorified through our good works. When was the last time you served somebody? You know, I just got licensed as a minister. And, you know, immediately I think someone's thinking, like, okay, I need to preach. I need to preach ASAP. <laughs> I need to serve ASAP. Who am I going to serve now? Where am I, what, 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 what problem is there that God has gifted me to serve these people in this way during this time, during this season, for such a time as this? Whether it's education, whether it's people in different communities, like food, like Daryl, you're a chef, you cook. I'm sure some people that's hungry out there. You know, I mean, there's different ways. We're all gifted in different ways, or we're in the service business where we can pour out while sharing the word with somebody. Or by doing something outside of that as well. As you said, there could be something so simple. Holding the door. Praying for somebody. Sharing a testimony with somebody. Anything. So I'm just looking at this text. Whoever desires to become great, they shall be your servant. Think about that. If you desire to be great, desiring to be great isn't a bad thing. I think a lot of people read into the text. We talk about the brothers. This is Jesus talking about he's about to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, yo, like, all right, after you die, like, what's right, up? Right. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get that position before anybody else asks. Just know, like, I need that spot. We talk about being selfless. That's selfish. Mm. 
They're thinking about their personal destination, but God doesn't rebuke them for desiring to be great. Mm -hmm. It's their position. It's their purpose, their intention. Why do you want to be great? Why wait to be great when you can be great right now? Mm. By serving. By serving others, just as I have served you. Man, like, bro, think about that, bro. Think about that. There's Who a lot of people. Go ahead, bro. Because what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing you say, Austin, is that, right? Like, it's a common misconception among us uh, when we get super spiritual and we think, sometimes we think, yeah, like, we're not supposed to be great at all. And what you're saying is, no, no, God actually is okay with us being great. He's called us to greatness. You know, you remember Jesus said, uh, John 14, greater works than I have done. Well, those who believe, who have faith, right? Greater works than what has been done. And, you know, comprehend that. That's a whole other one. But that's wild. So it's not even about, it's, yeah, it's not about seeking greatness. That's wrong. It's how are you seeking to be great? In what are you seeking to be great? Why are you seeking to be great? Uh, you know, it was funny. I was reading this passage. I was reminded of um, John 5, 44, where um, Jesus is rebuking the religious rulers. And let me, I'm going to get back to them. Hold on. But the religious rulers, he's rebuking them. They would not hear his word. They often would try to shut him down when he was leading the people in the word of God, often trying to wreck the party often trying to stop the service, you know, you go on. And he says to them, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Right? <laughs> how? So he's showing you right there that people in high positions are so often seeking glory from other people. And they're not seeking glory from God. And let's be clear, just because you don't have a high position doesn't mean you're not seeking uh, a, a glory from people. I mean, come on, think about it. How many people are trying to get hot in, in, in the sense of be a splash in the pan on some viral video or something and doing stuff reckless? Or maybe they're not doing something reckless, but they're doing maybe good things. And yet they're doing it for self-glory. And, and he, 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 so... I'm going to bring it back into history a little bit, right? Number one, uh, Jesus prophesied that the, these uh, men who were the rulers and elders of the, of the town and the city, they were leading the people in a way that was, he, they would, he said, listen to them, right? In Matthew, I think 22 or 23, he says, listen to them because they sit on the seat of Moses, but do not do as they do because they don't practice what they preach, Right. And he says they hold the key of knowledge and keep those who would enter from entering. So so in many ways, that tells you right there, you need to get to know your word because there's people who have the word, who have possession of it. But they're actually not giving you full authority and power in it because they're leading you astray. And the Protestant Reformation was fueled by passages like uh, Mark 10, where, where he's talking about let the greatest be the least and, and, and don't lord it over each other like the nations do, the Gentiles, right? Passages like these were fueled the Reformation because it was, they saw, wait a second, they started reading, they, they for the first time started getting access 
to the vernacular language, the, lang- the common language of the people uh, um, that had uh, the scriptures were no longer being translated in the common language of the people. So people, uh, their own language could not read the scriptures typically unless they were well-educated in the clergy. And so now this transformation begins to happen. Common people are beginning to hear the word and then see what it's saying. And they're like, hold on. These popes, these priests, these monks, they're like showing off. They're living in pride. This was Luther's, uh, Martin Luther's big uh, this is who Martin Luther King Jr. was named after, Martin Luther, the reformer in the uh, 16th century, um, who, who, who uh, I don't know if he coined the term, but certainly uh, uh, piloted or put forward the term uh, solo scriptura, scripture alone. We need to be living life off of scripture alone, not off of what these traditions of men are built around in, this, in the Roman Catholic papacy as it was then, and I would argue as it is today, but that's another topic. Uh, but you still see, you can still see the reference there. Cause what he's saying is like, look at this, hold on. They're putting on a show. Look at their garbs. Look at the way they're dressed. This is not Christ. Why do you want people to exalt you? Why do you want people to look at you? Why are you putting off your good works and showing them off to people? What is this about? This isn't humility. This is hubris. This is pride. This is showboating. This is ego. This is sin. Right? So again, Close it with this, John 12, 42, verse 42 through 43. It says, many, even of the authorities, believed in Jesus. So many people who were in authority believed in him, but check it out. Look, it says, but for fear of the Pharisees, they didn't confess it. The Pharisees were in charge of what was going on, of who was getting in what position where, what position there, who was in, uh, who was the big headshot, who could be, right? Um, and they were afraid of confessing Christ because they didn't want to lose position in the world. Oh my God, are you afraid of confessing Christ because you lose position in this world? If, you, if so, you need a reality check. So it says, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. They didn't confess Christ for they loved praise from people more than the praise from God. That's it right there. Who, do you, who, who are you seeking applause from? Are you seeking the applause of this world? Or are you seeking the applause from the one with the nail-scarred hands? That's faith. Amen. And, uh, and it's crazy because, again, there's someone that's thinking like, Brandon, um, I hear you, right? But, again, I've been, I've been, helping, I've been helping out people. Um, I've, been, I've been doing things for everybody else. But no one helps me out, right? Where's my breakthrough? Where's my where's my blessing, right? What I don't understand, right? I, I do everything for uh, my mom and dad, and I take care of my brothers and sisters, and I do everything at work. But again, I, there's there's where's where's my breakthrough? Like I I just don't understand. And um, and so I'm actually just going to read verse 45, 44 and 45 and ask my last question. I think it's going to kind of tie it hand in hand. And verse 44 reads, um, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served. I'm going to read that last. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. And so my, my, my last question to you fellas 
Um, and, and I'm just going to this, this again, uh, the question is coming right from verse 44 and 45, right? <laughs> if Jesus, right, the Messiah, right, son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. What does that mean for Daryl? What does that mean for my brother or sister that is listening on the uh, listening to this this uh this Bible study right now, if Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve, in what capacity am I supposed, I'm not Jesus. So in what capacity could I serve to be like, to be more like Jesus? How could I, how, what, what does that mean? I don't like, I, I don't, I just, I just don't get it. The world, like, guys, help me out here. Like, you know what I'm saying the world, the world that I live in. And I think we, guys, I hope y'all live in the same world I live in because where I live right now, right. Um, if, 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 if I don't do it, if I don't do it for myself, then no one's going to come do it for me. No one's knocking on my door to come serve me. Right. So in, retros- in retrospect, right, what does it mean to be a slave of all? And I know that's, that's a fully loaded question, so y'all got, y'all got your hands full right there, bro. I mean, I was just thinking, bro, um, after Peter denies Jesus three times, We fast forward to after Jesus is resurrected and he asks Peter, do you love me? And he asks him this question three times. And when Peter said yes, he said, then tend my sheep. He asked again, do you love me? He said, then feed my sheep. And bro, that's serving. Mm -hmm. Tending to the needs of others, feeding others. Like, look, look at what Jesus did. He fed thousands. He performed miracles and the people wanted to make him king. That's how good he was serving. You want to be great like Jesus? Jesus served constantly. (laughs) He preached that word. (laughs) You feel me? But he did not want to be great as the Gentiles. They wanted to raise him as a king as the Gentiles did. As the world did. That's what they, when they see someone that's great, oh, let's make him king. Let them, let him rule over us. He's so great. And he's not, he wasn't about that. So he would run away from all that, all the noise, all the confusion, all make me this, make me that. Because he was all about God's business. So serving like Christ, bro, like really just emptying yourself, talking about selflessness, not seeking your own desires, but the desires of others serving him and being able to see them and identify those things too. I remember when Jesus fed the thousands, disciples wanted to push them away. Like, Oh, we ain't got enough for them. Like she was like, nah, these people, they, they, they hungry. And I got this bread. <laughs> you feel me? If I don't feed them, nobody else can. Man of God, child of God, woman of God, like God has placed you in some situations and you're the only person that's going to be able to bless them. Ain't nobody else going to do it. 
If he has blessed you with the capacity, the ability to see it and identify the issue, identify the areas that need service, I promise you that he's gifted you as well. He's gifted you to serve in that area. And we need to humble ourselves. And that's the thing too, bro. Like you could have been annoyed. You were, you were heading home trying to get ready for this Bible study. And you ran a couple minutes late and we ain't talking about that. But um, you know what I mean? Like sometimes when people call us and are seeking service, we kind of get annoyed, like taking me out of my day. Like, dang, like I got this plan and everything. If you want to be great, serve others. That is a compliment. If somebody is seeking out for your service, they think that you're great. They're thinking you have some qualities that they could they could use, that they could need and learn from in that moment. There's no greater compliment than that. When someone is in need and they're seeking after you, but it's not about you. It's about our God that we serve and the spirit that rests within you. Because they can see his light shining through you. They're able to see you even though they're surrounded by darkness. Because the word of God comes through you, they know they can receive that healing power, even though they're going through these different ideas in their mind, they're going crazy, they're, you know, I mean, they're experiencing some things. But faith, faith the size of the mustard seed, they're not even turning to God themselves, they're turning to you because they think that, you know what I mean? He got a relationship with God, he could pray for me, she could pray for me, you know what I mean? And our job as ministers is to escort them to the throne of Christ, to the king of servants. Amen? That's what it's about, bro. Amen. And and real quick, B, before you go, um, bro, as you you spoke, right, you know, being being a servant, right, being a servant for God is being about our father's business, right? At all times, you know what I'm saying? And so, again, if we're about our father's business, right, yeah, there are going to be times where we're going to be called to serve and it may not, you know, be a good time for Daryl, right, or a good time for Brandon or a good time for Austin. But again, like Jesus was about his father's business, right, then you're all you're constant. You know what I'm saying? We're going to constantly be ready to serve whenever and whoever, because we don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to pick when. We don't get to pick who. You know what I'm saying? Again, when we're about our father's business, the work always needs to be done. So go ahead, B. I'm sorry. I, when you were talking, man, that's nah. the first thing I thought about. No, nah, that's good. Um, yeah, man, just some closing thoughts here is uh, that, you know, I, I said this last time, and it's worth saying again, because it, it's truly the ethics of Christ, which is, you know, are we, okay, so let's get it straight first. Most people, Christian or not, know God or not, they're fine with serving people now and again. You know what I mean? Helping people out. Uh, but to do it on a consistent basis is a whole nother thing. To do it on a consistent basis without reward or gratification from other people is a whole nother thing. That requires a whole character of transformation, the character of Christ in you. And so are we a people who are on our heels to serve or on our toes? Right. When people 
whether it's when people think of us or when we evaluate ourselves, are we a type of person who is ready to serve, ready to do good? Or are we just waiting and like, eh, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I remember being uh, working for a certain job. I won't say what just for time's sake, but um, oftentimes it was one of those jobs where the boss would ask like, Hey, who wants to do X, Y, Z? And it was like, the job's got to get done. He knows nobody really want to do it because it's going to take that extra time. It's a little bit more work than most people signed up for type deal. And you know how that feeling is. We've all had those certain positions where <laughs> the boss, the head, whoever, the coach, uh, maybe it's a, it's a sports team, whatever, and, and said, who's going to do it? And everybody kind of looked out, out, out the, the peripherals and mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm, right is that us right. i mean let's be mm. honest most of us have been there i've been there be and rough. maybe in some senses i'm still there but my prayer is that i grow into a into a place of of, of godly humility this is what the scripture is about it's, it's really about humility it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. humility Humility is, 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 is powerful, man, To Where you're seeking not your own glory. You're seeking God's glory. You're seeking to glorify God. And if you're doing that, you're not even seeking people's reward. You're seeking God's reward. Right? Um, so, so, you know, right there, there's a, there's a lot still to chew on. And I, and I pray you guys can meditate on that. Uh, and um, Austin, you want to just close us out in prayer? Lord. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we just thank you. We honor you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for choosing us, Lord. Choosing us to serve. To serve you by serving others, Lord. I pray that anyone on this line right now, Lord, whoever's listening to this, will have a heart that desires to serve others, Lord. Continue to pour your spirit out on us, Lord. Bless us. Let us be led by your spirit each and every day, Lord. We pray that those who are listening be blessed. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go. 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 Let's go